This is one in a series of Iowa Watch podcasts. The series is called Voices of COVID in Iowa. I'm Lyle Muller. The person we speak with in this podcast, Jesse Espinoza, has seen COVID-19 up close in more than one way. For one, he is a research assistant at the University of Iowa's Institute for Clinical and Translational Sciences Clinical Research Unit. He's doing COVID research. He also had to care for his 82-year-old mother when she got hit hard with COVID-19 in 2020. He thinks his mother became infected when his 16-year-old niece contracted the coronavirus. In the middle of all of this, he also wasn't feeling so well. So, on the 1st of September, he took a COVID-19 test and showed up positive as well. His mother and his niece were tested the next day with that same positive result. His niece wasn't suffering severe symptoms, but he was, and so was his mother. He had a choice to make, go to the hospital or care for his mother at home as she recovered in Coralville. Did you have to get hospitalized? I should have. Um, we started, my mom and I started out very asymptomatic. And then when my mom took a, like about a weekend, my mom took a downturn. And so I hospitalized her. I brought her to the hospital. And at that point I was still feeling okay when I hospitalized her. And while she was hospitalized, I started feeling really bad. Um, and then I was notified that they were going to release her like three days later. And that's when I already felt really bad. Uh, my mom's 82 years old and I care for my mom. So I made the choice to not get hospitalized. In hindsight, I should have got hospitalized. I, I know in hindsight, I should have got hospitalized and, and given the same choice again, uh, leaving my mom and, because my mom was really, really scared. Um, when she first started getting the sniffles, she, she couldn't sleep. She was really scared. She, she thought she was going to die. So when she came home, even though we knew she was better, um, based on her condition and her mental condition, I knew that I couldn't leave her home alone. So I just, uh, I just toughed it out. Uh, I just laid on the couch. And this was because you wanted to take care of your mother? Or? Yes, because I didn't want to leave her by herself. My mother didn't speak English and my niece doesn't speak English. How long were you ill? Severely for like 20 days or more. That's a remarkable approach to take. Were there ever times in the middle of it that you wish you would have gone to the hospital? Yes, of course. Yes. I, I, my mom also has, she has a heart condition. She's got high blood pressure. She used to have a heart condition that's kind of subsided over the years. And now that she's got like a more calm life, she's just, she stopped drinking coffee. Um, I make sure she also gets the regular exercise, but just based on the amount of fear that she had when she first got sick and me knowing how much fear she had, I, I was afraid to leave her by herself. So you recovered. Do you still have any long lasting effects, any kind of lingering effects from the illness? I did. They lasted months. Um, they actually had me on cough medication for quite a while. And then they had me on an albuterol inhaler and sometime in uh October, they switched me to a powder steroid inhaler. Uh, I went to the post-COVID clinic 
And I was told that I had lung problems. I had a pocket in my lung that wouldn't collapse when I would exhale. And I felt just enormous amount of fatigue. I just exhausted all the time. So coughing and fatigue, were those the main things? Did you have headaches as well? Confused? After, well, kind of those the after symptoms, yeah. The, the, the coughing and the, and, and the fatigue were the after symptoms. But during the actual illness, um, I had all the symptoms that everybody complains about. The no taste, extreme fatigue, body aches, fever. Uh, the headaches were the worst. I felt like I was taking uh, acetaminophen, like like they were Tic Tacs. Um, the headaches were ridiculous. They, they, were, they were horrible. And how long did this last? For almost like 20, the, the, the real severe pain for like, like 20 days. You're in a unique position. Do you feel like it's a, an oddity that you're actually doing research on COVID while you also have had the personal experience? I feel very privileged to, to I feel like I, I came here in January and I feel like I landed in the perfect place. The way the hospital system manages here, the, the management here, all of the moves that they took to protect us as employees. Um, and then also being, being a person that got sick, I'm able to see both sides and I'm able to see the real work that's going into um, fighting this pandemic uh, to collect the data that we need so that we can keep fighting this pandemic because we're still collecting data and we're still doing that work. Um, so it's great to see as a patient uh, for someone like I have my mom at home to be able to see that there's hope and there's light at the end of the tunnel because because my mom is still afraid. I'm still afraid for my mom. She's 82 years old. So, yes, I am in a very unique, privileged position. Has your mother had long term effects as well? No, no. She recovered very soon after she got back from the hospital. And uh she got her taste back. She got her hunger. She got her hunger back like within three or four days after she got back from the hospital. She just, she wanted to eat everything. Did your niece ever get sick? Nope. She got the sniffle. She got a lightheaded one day and then she got over it. Some clarification. When Jesse Espinosa was talking about January, when referring to when he came to Iowa, he was talking about January 2020. Just want to make that clear. And now a little bit about knowledge. Espinosa says that even after a year of dealing with the virus, he doesn't think the general public has a full grasp on what it can do to people. But for those who do, he has hopes that go beyond the virus itself. He says he hopes attention paid to the science involved will get more young people interested in science as a career. Do you get angry at people when you see them without a mask or not social distancing? Yes. Yes. Do they ever talk with you about it or do you talk with them about it? I do not. I feel that um, people that have absorbed enough misinformation that are angry enough to be out in public without a mask, I feel like they're doing it as a statement, like their statement as their right to do what they want because they have all this misinformation and I feel they're angry enough that you're not going to convince them. I'm not going to convince them. Uh, and I'm not going to go around picking fights with people that I feel are, are misinformed because I feel like some of these people are very intelligent. They're just, they've absorbed uh, the wrong source of information and they ran with it. 
and you feel this way, even that, that you're not going to be able to convince them, even, even with what you went through and what your family has gone through? I feel like they won't care. It's one of those things that uh, you really don't care until it happens to you. You hear these stories about stuff happening to other people. Uh, and as long as it stays on the other side of the city, you're okay because it's not happening to your friends and neighbors. So you don't care. It's only when it hits home that people start caring, especially some of these people, when reality actually hits their doorstep, that's when they realize that it's real. So, so yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to convince them. I feel like I'm not, I, I, I cannot, not from my position, not from a position, especially like not approaching a total stranger. I feel like that position was left up to, to our political leaders uh, in our country that's the position that they all should have took from the very beginning. Even though you've gone through COVID, do you feel you're at risk still? There are new strains coming out. Um, viruses evolve and they evolve very quickly. How quickly a, a virus can evolve to, a, to essentially become a new organism that can bypass some of the current defenses that I have. I feel that that's quite possible and it's quite very fast because that is truth. We, we, we know this already in science. Uh, this, is, this is not a myth. This is, this is established hard science. Um, for a lot of years, we've known how fast these viruses uh, morph and, and mutate into something else. So yeah, we're in danger. Jesse, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel with the COVID era that we're in? Yes, yes, because I feel like we're going to get a re-injection of scientists and come into our communities. I feel like a lot of young people are going to get inspired through shock or just through inspiration uh, to get curious and, and about true, about truth and real scientific method for science. And I feel like we're going to just breed just a lot of new scientists out of there, out of this, this pandemic. It's going to be a smarter world. This podcast is a copyright production of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, a nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. Iowa Watch's reporting on COVID 19 in Iowa can be found at iowawatch.org. And you can find other podcasts in this series there. I'm Lyle Muller for Iowa Watch. Thank you for listening.